you take your Bible this morning, let's turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 7. Luke, chapter number 7. Now, the Gospels record many wonderful things that our Lord Jesus Christ did during His short ministry here on this earth. Jesus showed Himself by those miracles to be the very Son of God. It's purpose why He was doing the miracles. There were many different kinds of miracles that Jesus did. There were some who were blind who received their sight by Him. There were others who were deaf who received the gift of hearing from Him. There were even those who didn't have the ability to speak, the dumb, that He healed and they were able to speak again by Him. We can read of others who had lame limbs restored to health by Him. We know that there were ten lepers at one time. Think about that. Leprosy was considered... Uh, if you got healed, you knew that God did it because it was incurable. And he, he, he healed ten at one time. What a blessing. Jesus even came into contact with many that were demon-possessed and He delivered them from their tormentors. And on several different occasions, there were folks who had died who were raised back to life by Him. Here in Luke 7 we find three wonderful miracles that are recorded. In verses 1 through 10, there's a great miracle recorded of Christ raising the centurion's servant from his sick bed. And in verses 11 through 17, there's a greater miracle. The widow's son is raised from the dead. But the verses I want to deal with this morning, verses 36 through 50, we find the greatest miracle of all, and that is the forgiving and restoring of a very sinful woman. The forgiveness and restoring of a very sinful woman. Look at verse 36. Luke 7 verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast judged, rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. By the way, that was a common courtesy that was extended to guests. And Simon didn't have the uh, 
decency to have common courtesy bestowed to the Lord Jesus here. He says, I entered thy house, they gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee, go in peace. We see here the greatest of all miracles by our Lord. The forgiveness and salvation of a lost sinner is the greatest of all miracles that our Lord performs. It is the greatest of all miracles because it meets man's greatest need. Amen. We all came into this world with the same need. We came in sinners in need of a Savior. And Jesus became that Savior for us. It's the greatest of all miracles because it produces the greatest results. It turns a person from darkness into light and from the power of Satan unto God. Additionally, it gives us many spiritual blessings in Christ. One of those spiritual blessings I mentioned in my prayer this morning. The ability to pray and come before God and bring our request. That comes to us by what Christ did for us on the cross by that salvation that we enjoy, by the miracle of salvation that He has given us. We also have an inheritance with Christ. And most of all, it's the greatest of all miracles because it required the greatest price. It cost God His only begotten Son, becoming sin for us and dying on the cross in order for Him to save the lost. Now this morning I want to direct your attention here to this portion of Scripture that deals with this greatest of all miracles. And it's here that we can learn some very important truths about God's forgiveness. First of all, we need to understand every person needs God's forgiveness. Amen? Every person. Some sins are manifest openly, while other sins are hidden. We know that to be true, don't we? This woman's reputation as a sinner was well known. Verse number 37 tells us that Simon knew she was a sinner. There in verse 37, And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought in an alabaster box of ointment. And we see them in verse number 39, When the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known uh, who and what manner of woman This is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. So Simon knew that she was a sinner. But I want you to also recognize that Jesus knew that she was a sinner. Amen. Verse number 47. Jesus said, And when therefore I say unto thee, Her sins which are many are forgiven, for she hath loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Jesus was acknowledging that yes, she was a sinner. The implication here is that she was known to be immoral. She was an immoral lady. 
perhaps a, a prostitute. Jesus said her sins were many. Uh, Simon was an entirely different case. Simon was a sinner, but his sins were not open before men. He was a Pharisee, which would have been a very religious man being a Pharisee, but he was still a sinner because we know that all that are born into this world, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who was born of a virgin, all are sinners by nature. Romans 5.12 Wherefore, as by one man, talking about Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So we all come into this world on equal footing as it relates to being a sinner. We all are one. Amen? And we're in need because of that. The Pharisees most often were guilty of the sins of pride and hypocrisy. You can't see pride. You can see the results of it sometimes. You can't see hypocrisy, but you can understand when it might be there. But the Pharisees often condemned others in order to exalt themselves. Has that ever happened to you? Somebody tried to, uh, tried to say something to you, make you feel small, and then make themselves feel greater? And that's the way the Pharisees were. This woman was clearly guilty of sins that others could see, but Simon was guilty of sins that weren't so easily seen. Now, understand that there are sins of commission and sins of omission. When I say sins of commission, I'm talking about uh, doing something, committing something uh, that you shouldn't do. Doing something you should not do. Sins of omission are not doing things that you should do. And so Simon knew very well what the woman had done. It was really everybody then that knew what she had done. It was noised about that uh, she was a sinner. However, he had forgotten the things that he had not done. He didn't remember the things that he had not done. It's tragic that this woman had chosen a sinful lifestyle. But what's worse was that Simon was also a sinner, but apparently he didn't see it that way. And he thought in his heart that he was righteous, but what he failed to see was that he too fell short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us falls short of God's glory. Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. Listen, the person who does not do what God requires is just as guilty of sin as the one who does what God forbids. <laughs> um, we may not see it that way, but we are. In the same boat. God knows our sins, whether they are manifest to others or not. Everyone at this dinner knew who this woman was, and they knew what she had done with her life. But only Jesus, the one who can read the hearts of men, knew what Simon's sins were. Notice verse 39. There, uh, it says, He spake within himself, now when the Pharisee which had been him saw it, he spake within himself saying, in other words, he didn't, wasn't speaking this out loud. Jesus knew what he was thinking. But what does God see in our lives? What does he see that 
maybe others can't say because we're not speaking it out loud. It's just uh, we think within ourselves. When, when, what does God see? He sees it all, my friend. Hebrews 4.13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? Every thought, every work is open before the Lord. Everything done in the darkness is just as open as everything done in the light. The Lord knows it all. And because of that, every person needs forgiveness. Second thing I want us to see is not only every person needs forgiveness, but forgiveness is the gracious gift of God. Forgiveness is all of grace. And we talk about grace. Grace is a gift, this unmerited favor. That's what it literally means. It means you don't deserve it. You're given favor that you don't deserve. Notice verse 42 there of uh, our text. It, it says it, this in the story he's talking about uh, the, the uh, forgiveness there of the one, the two creditors. In verse uh, 42, it says, And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Okay, you gave the, the one that had the lesser uh, amount he owed, and the one that had the greater amount that he owed. Um, neither one could pay. It doesn't matter how great your sin is or how small your sin is. We, we're not, we can't pay. It's not, we don't have the ability to pay for our sin and get forgiveness from it. But we see forgiveness is not something that we can earn or something that we can purchase. It is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. None of us have anything to boast about in our salvation except Jesus. Jesus died for our sins. It's all of Him the reason why we're saved this morning. This concept of grace was very difficult for the Pharisee to understand. Pharisees, in their mind, they thought that they could gain favor before God through their outward piety and their good works. And they did uh, act very religiously before others, and they were known for their religious exercise and known for their good works. But Jesus told a story. Look over in Luke chapter 18 for just a moment. Jesus gives an illustration here um, in Luke chapter number 18 talking about a, uh, two people that went up to the temple to pray. One's a Pharisee and the other's a publican. Now a couple of weeks ago we talked about the publican, didn't we? We talked about a publican by the name of Matthew or Levi. He was a tax collector. Remember that? But uh, Jesus is telling really a, a, a story about a Pharisee and a publican. It's a, a, a parable here. Notice what he says here in Luke 18, verse number 10. It says, and it, well, let's back up to verse 9 to get the, 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 the case here. It says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Kind of sounds like the Pharisee we're talking about over in our text too, doesn't it? Verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not 
as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says here in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every man that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And we see that the Lord Jesus Christ kind of knocked a few notches out of the Pharisee by the name of Simon in our text. Every person needs forgiveness. Forgiveness is the gracious gift of God. Forgiveness is all of grace, we said, but I want you to understand that forgiveness is received by faith. Now, this woman was crying tears. The woman's tears could not save her. No amount of sorrow that we may have for anything in our past that we have done can save us. Too often people are sorry for their sins but won't repent and turn to God in faith. What what saved this woman? What Jesus tells us down in verse 50, He said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Thy faith hath saved thee. She wasn't saved because of the tears. She wasn't saved because of what she did to Jesus and wiping His his, uh, feet with her hair or anointing Him with the ointment. She was saved by faith. By her faith. Romans 10 verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I come to think uh, that this woman at some point probably heard the Lord Jesus Christ teaching, preaching, came to understand and believe that He was indeed who He said He was. Everyone has faith in something. My wife and I, we on this trip, we, we showed faith in uh, Southwest Airlines and the pilots that they hired and when we got on the plane, I couldn't tell you the pilot's name. I couldn't tell you anything about him. But I, trust, I trusted that he was going to be able to get us to our destination. And we climbed on the, on the plane. You say, well, that don't sound like faith to me. It is. <laughs> Sometimes that kind of faith can let you down, you know. Uh, but uh, we believed that he could get us there, and he did. Everyone has faith in something. Salvation comes from placing your faith in the proper object, the Lord Jesus Christ, and for the proper reason. And I ask this morning, where is your faith? What are you putting your faith and hope in to get you to heaven this morning? Forgiveness is by grace through faith, but understand, yet it is very costly. Verse 41 and verse 42, there was a debt. There was a cost to be paid. Understand that salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It's free, but it's, it's free to us, but it's not cheap. It's doubtful that anyone at the feast other than Jesus realized how much it costs for Jesus to forgive this woman's sin. Because Jesus hadn't paid the price yet. He was going to the cross to pay the price for her sins. 
He would pay, and he did pay, the ultimate price for her sins and for ours on the cross of Calvary. Amen? We, we, we received what we needed for our salvation when he was on the cross. Every person needs forgiveness. Forgiveness is the gracious gift of God. Thirdly, true faith in Christ and the resulting forgiveness it brings results in a changed life. This woman's faith in Christ changed her. The condemnation and terror of the law did not make her a new person, nor did the religious system of the Pharisees. None of that could make her what she needed to be. Only Christ could make a new creature out of her. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. She had a new love. Before she had loved her sin. But now she had a new love as evidenced in verse 44 and verse 45 there. She showed her love to the Lord Jesus Christ. Love for Christ and love for others is evidence of having been forgiven. 1 John 4.19 says we love Him because He first loved us. In John chapter 13, verse 34 and verse 35, Jesus said to His disciples, said that by this shall all men know that you're My disciples by the love that you have one toward another. And that's what we've been talking about on Sunday evenings. In our Romans chapter number 12, Paul is showing us practically how we can show that love for Christ's church and show it one to, one to another and show it to others. When we feel great guilt as a sinner, we will experience great love as a saint. Note the example of the Apostle Paul. We know that the Apostle Paul used to be Saul and he uh, persecuted Christians, saw that they would be put to death. But the Lord changed Paul's life when he was Saul. He, he met the Lord Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. And in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is what Paul had to say about his life. He said, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You like that? But he didn't stop there. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners, which we are. Amen. But he says, Of whom I am chief. Paul looked at himself as being the chiefest of sinners. And... Uh, it doesn't matter how other men looked at him. He looked at himself in that way. But the Lord Jesus Christ saved him from that sin. Jesus told the Pharisees in John eight forty two, If God were your Father, ye would love me. Uh, but the, many of the Pharisees, by and large, the Pharisees had a problem with Jesus. Now, there were a couple, couple of exceptions to the rule. But I'm just saying... The greater majority of them were wanting to put Jesus to death. Uh, they did not love Jesus. And Jesus said, If God were your Father, ye you would love me. This woman was not ashamed to show her love to Christ. It's very humbling to be bowed before someone and to be crying and wiping their, washing their feet and wiping with your hair. Uh, very humbling. She humbled herself before Christ. She had a new love. She also had a new freedom. I like what Jesus said to her in, 
in verse 50, And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. A couple of things here. She had a new freedom. She had been wearing a heavy yoke of sin up to this point in her life. She was in bondage to the sins of the flesh. You know, sin uh, will chain us and weigh us down in our life. It will. However, Jesus forgave her and forgiveness always leads to freedom. Jesus said in John 8, 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. This woman was set free by Jesus and she was free indeed. Not only that, she had a new peace. Had a new peace. There in verse 50 again, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Go in peace. You know, Isaiah 48.22 says, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Uh, she was no longer wicked. She had been changed by Jesus. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's how we get peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. This woman's faith in Christ changed her giving, uh, her new love, uh, giving her new love, new freedom, new peace. Simon's lack of change was a result of his spiritual blindness. His lack of change was a result of spiritual blindness. Some, some people just can't see their problem. Just can't. Simon couldn't see himself as a sinner. He thought he was a righteous person. He could not, he could not see his own sins. He could see other, the sins of others, but he could not see his own sins. May the Lord help us as we look into the mirror of God's Word to understand how greatly we have sinned. Amen. He didn't even realize how discourteous he had been to Jesus. I mean, the, the common courtesies extended in that day, they're different, different courtesies than what we have uh, in our day and time. But these things that Jesus talked about that Simon failed in were common courtesies of that day and time. Simon couldn't see this woman as anything but a sinner. He only saw her past. Jesus not only saw her past and her present, but he also saw her future with him. What she could and would become through his marvelous grace. Simon saw only what was outside. Jesus saw what was going on in her heart on the inside. Simon didn't see the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he, he referred to Jesus as master or teacher. But note the thoughts of his heart there in verse 39. When he said, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what, ma- and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. So he kind of looked down on Jesus for the way that Jesus was treating this woman that he viewed as a sinner. Listen, until we acknowledge Jesus Christ, uh, know and acknowledge Him for who He really is, we can never have our eyes open spiritually to see ourselves and others as we should see. We all need God's forgiveness. Jesus made a way for us to receive it. Forgiveness is the gracious gift of God purchased by Jesus on our behalf. Forgiveness results in a changed life. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to change your life this morning if you hadn't hadn't already changed your life? 
Those of you that know Christ as your Savior, you know the things I'm talking about this morning. But we need to be cautious as we view uh, others, understanding that each person is a sinner who Christ died for. And no matter what is going on in their life, they still need Jesus. Amen? Where do you find yourself in this passage this morning? Are you more like Simon or are you more like this woman? Have you experienced the life-changing forgiveness that comes only from placing your faith in Christ? Do you know the love, the freedom, and the peace that come from personal relationship with Him? If not, you can come today. Let us help you find that forgiveness and salvation that can only come through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. He finished it. When Jesus said it is finished, He meant it. The the price for sin had been paid for. There's no further payment that needs to be made. We only need to trust Him. need to believe Him by grace through faith. That's how salvation comes. Those of us that are saved this morning, let's spend the time that we have left on this earth. I, uh, we don't, we, none of us know how long that we're going to be on this earth. We just don't. But well, we ought to be spending that time showing others Jesus. Showing them Jesus not just from the Bible, but also showing Jesus in our life. Amen. They need to see, they need to, need to see less Simons and more of Jesus. If Jesus is living on the inside, He ought to be busting out on the outside. Amen. Are others seeing Jesus in you? Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank You this morning.